Do big name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Soundgarden with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. You know, I've heard a different version of that song. Uh, it Don't is, say. It, yeah, I do say. It's going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 49. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Listen, there's only one thing you need to know about today's show. Yeah. One, the Patriots won last night. And then two, open line Fridays this morning. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be terrific. We'll get to you folks who get stuff off your chest, and it'll happen sometime after 8 o'clock today. Perfect. All right? Mm -hmm. How's that sound? That sounds good to me, Bex. By the way, if you're going to be listening on the podcast today, it's all brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. 535 and Rock 102. Rock 102 and feelgoodshoplocal.com. Want to hook Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and The Who with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 49. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well for the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, I don't know if you knew this, but Ryan Seacrest and his foundation have built actual studios inside 14 children's hospitals, most recently in Salt Lake City. So those kids can start get cracking on all their production schedules? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the purpose is to provide an outlet for pediatric patients to learn new media, experiment with radio broadcasting, and just to have something to look forward to during their hospital days. So I why? Gotta, I got to uh, tell you, having been in radio broadcasting, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Well, I, don't care, I don't care how sick that kid is. You and Ryan differ because he's uh, still such a believer in radio and TV, uh, in radio all these years, even after his successes on TV. He says, quote, the first job I ever had where I got a paycheck was from a radio station, and I did that when I was 16 years old. So I've come into the studio every day of my life forever, and it's just something that's part of my DNA. Okay. All right. You're the only one in all of radio who's actually making money. This is different, and it's something that I just wake up every morning with a big smile on my face thinking, I get to do it again today. Steve, in all the years that you've been here, yeah. uh, in all the years you were at that uh, radio station prior to this, yeah, has there ever been a day when those words came out of your mouth? That I wish I could go back to doing that? No, uh. that uh, you wake up every day and... Or you leave the, the building and can't wait to start another day doing the same exact thing you did, like, the last... 200 days in a row? Yeah, when I leave here in the morning, that's exactly how I feel. I get to go home again. Yes, today. it's the best part of the day. I get to do whatever I want now and go away from this place. <laughs> uh, Chevy Chase, a, uh, cra- a Christmas tragedy almost occurred in Buffalo, New York on Wednesday night. Chevy Chase attended a screening of Christmas Vacation, and when he came out to greet the crowd, he fell off the stage. 
He was actually wheeled on stage in a wheelchair, but then got up and walked towards the edge of the stage. That's when he went down. He's okay, though. He got back up on stage, sat down in a chair, and announced that his smartwatch was telling him, quote, I think you've taken a hard fall. Now, um, this is a guy whose uh, early career was built upon the pratfall. Yeah. How do we know that that's what, that wasn't this, what this was? He, he mentioned that. Thanks to all the falls on SNL, it was like riding a bike again. Just got a little boo-boo, all good. Hmm. Imagine that. You, you, you do that as part of a comedy bit your entire career, and then all of a sudden it actually happens to you just because of natural aging? What are the odds, really? Well, pretty good, I guess. I mean, if you... Uh, you you're, you know, acting like Gerald. Wasn't Gerald Ford, right? And he used to Gerald Ford. He was Gerald, Gerald Ford and fall down all the and time. And say live from New York on Saturday night. Yeah. That was uh, that was his job. Well, now he's, uh, you know, now he's doing it for real. He was method acting for years, and now he's finally got the part. <laughs> he's he'll be playing a very old, uh, unfunny actor now. What is the uh, worst Christmas song you can think of? Man, to me, it's a, it's kind of a split between uh, Elmo and Patsy. Uh-huh. Grandma got run, run over by a reindeer. Yeah. That was uh, moderately cute of 30 years ago. Yeah. And then uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney. Okay. The, uh, ver- the very indicator that he is, in fact, dead. Only one of those make the list. Uh, the AV Club ranked 30 of the worst Christmas songs of all time. Uh... This might, uh, you could add some of these to your holiday playlist, though. Maybe spice it up a little bit. Okay. People that they thought were the worst ones. Number one, and I will agree with this, The Christmas Shoes. Yeah, that's pretty awful. You know that song? Yeah, Where the kid's like waiting there? And I always said about the, because the kid basically is waiting in line. He convinces this dumb redneck in front of him to buy a pair of shoes for his dying mother, who's about to meet Jesus that night. And they won't let you in. If you're not wearing it, it's like no shoes, no shirt, yeah. no salvation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I l- Hey, you see what yeah, I just did there? I like that, yeah. but no salvation. I like that. Uh, but did anybody explain to this kid, look, uh, even, even people like yourself can get those hospital socks. Medicare will pay for them. <laughs> you're they right. Get, they all get them. You you're know? right. So the Christmas shoes is number one. Grandma got run over by a reindeer is number two. Dear Santa from the Weather Girls, bring me a man for Christmas. I've heard that one before. I don't know if I have. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic's The Night Santa Went Crazy. I think that's, uh, you know, with all the school shootings and stuff happening, I think that one is probably, this is where he says that Santa Claus goes nuts and starts killing everybody with a, with a gun. And It hasn't aged well. No, it has not aged well. Neither did Christmas Out Ground Zero that he wrote back in the 80s as well. <laughs> uh, Pentatonics, that, that's Christmas to me. Have you ever heard that one? I remember. I don't know. Uh, Lady Gaga's Christmas Tree, 21st Century Christmas by Cliff Richard, Last Christmas by Crazy Frog, Please Daddy Don't Get Drunk on Christmas by John Denver. See, that sounds like a good one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from Paul McCartney. Yeah, okay. That is it. That, I didn't even know he did a, a version of that. I thought Burl Ives did the original. And the Burl Ives one is... Yeah, but heartwarming. Burl, Burl Ives or Gene Autry or any one of them uh, folks mm-hmm. who sang that, I think. Uh, Christmas with Satan, that's from James Chance. 
and uh, Snoopy's Christmas from the Royal Guardsmen. I hate that song too. Yeah, that's not that's a good the one. that's the Baron one, right? Isn't that the <sighs> Christmas think... bells? Oh, Christmas bells! Yeah, I think you're right. Through the land. And Elmo and Patsy made the list. That was number two. Number two, actually. but uh, the other one didn't. Wonderful Christmas time. That's terrible. That's terrible. What are you talking about? Terrible. It was written by Paul Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah, right. How many other worst song you ever wrote? How many other knighted musicians made uh, made a Christmas song? uh, Even Elton John, who's also been knighted. Yeah. uh, Even his song isn't nearly as bad as that. Which one is his? Uh, Oh, step into Christmas. Step into Christmas. Uh, and of course, uh, one of Kim Kardashian's kids bleached their hair. Oh no! Yeah, she just had something to say. She said, "Oh my God! The last time I had anything bleached was when Ray J coated the vanilla starfish in crotch Clorox in that sex <laughs> tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. This is an all original, by the way. <laughs> oh, good! It's so so good to know that you this that's been rooted yeah. a little bit. Uh, Caitlin, whatever well, got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim? But I once laid the hammer down on the mud flaps. <laughs> Right. I shoved the trouser conkers through the tradesman's entrance. What are you trying to say? Did you ever have the trouser conkers in the tradesman's entrance? No, I have not, actually. What are you trying to say, though? What I'm trying to say is that shame portal was draining like a George Foreman grill after cooking a full box of steakums. Just set it and forget it. <laughs> no, that's the ro- that's the Ronco rotisserie. <laughs> that's when I'm with a buddy. <laughs> And she looks like the chicken on the spit. You know, the, it's the wood that makes it good. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rockwood Hotel. Oh, yeah. Window tinting. It's for. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, there's both good news and bad news this morning, depending entirely upon who you are. If you're a Patriots fan, you should know the Patriots' five-game losing streak is over. But if you're a fan of the Steelers, and for some reason there's more than a few of you out there, then you just become the first team in NFL history to be above 500 and still lose back-to-back games to teams who are at least eight games under 500. Who pays attention to stats like this? This morning, it would be every Pittsburgh fan in America. The good news is, if you're a fan of the Patriots, that's hardly your problem. Last night, while most people without a prime membership are sleeping, the Patriots suddenly came alive and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-18. to While such a win may have broken that horrifying losing streak and has the potential of ruining the Patriots' chances of snagging the number two pick in the draft, they did beat the over, which is great news unless you pick the under, in which that case, then there's really that much to celebrate. But for those of us who chose to invest our money in an Amazon Prime membership, rather than gamble it all away, there's lots of reasons to be pleased with what just happened. Get a load of this. Last night, Bailey Zappi threw 19 completed passes for 240 yards and posted three touchdowns in a single game. Patriots haven't scored three touchdowns in a game all year long. In fact, they barely found the end zone three times during the entire month of November. Now look at them. Zappi tossing a pair of heat-seeking missiles to Hunter Henry and one to Ezekiel Elliott, playing with all the swagger of a bona fide starting quarterback. Plus, this sort of sudden uh, offensive explosion takes a little bit off the heat off of Bill Belichick, who quite frankly hasn't been his normal jovial self in quite some time. Next week, of course, the Patriots will host Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. And while that can be the start of a brand new losing streak, I'm choosing to let my blinding optimism obscure my sense of reason and allow the Patriots to surprise me no matter what the outcome might be. 
Scott Hagen of Amai Yappin's was brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, I'm picturing a clear winter night slicing up strips of steak and searing them on a Blackstone. The Blackstone 28-inch outdoor griddle, only $250 right now at Rocky's. You're saving 100 bucks. Your grilling destination is still at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Fields Classic Rock at 614 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 49. It's uh, 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh-huh. Um, and we got open line Friday coming up later on today. So your chance to uh, get some things off your chest. A few of you have got a lot of things on your chest. Oh, I got a lot of things on my chest. Give me that. I'm sorry. Let me just close this uh, Ted Kaczynski uh, letter that I was reading. Um, <laughs> yes. Shut the manifesto down. Let's concentrate on some fun stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, so last night uh, was the show over at Loft Comedy Club uh, in which I headlined. I did 45 minutes. Can you imagine that? In a row? Yeah, I was really surprised that I could pull off 45 minutes uh, without everybody walking out the door, you know. <laughs> without everybody saying, I yeah. want my 20 to $25 back. Yeah, depending on what time you got there, it's 20 to $25. But uh, thanks to everybody who came out to that show. Uh, it was a great crowd. I like when, uh, you know, everybody knows uh, where you're from, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, because you can kind of gear the jokes a little bit uh, towards, like, the radio show thing. Whereas, you know, if I go down to, if I go out to Ohio. No one knows to, you. No, and try to do comedy out there. They're like, who's this bald guy who looks like <laughs> Yule Brenner's bastard love child, right? You know? Uh, so, but but it was, a, it was a great show. There was a lot, uh, lots of people came out and uh, the comedy was filthy and offensive perfect from every single comic that went up there and uh i always like shows like that yeah well i mean that's perfect for you i mean you uh you uh you deal in filth like uh, some artists deal in oils or clay yeah exactly uh i like to make people feel uncomfortable you do a great job like, of like, it. like what else could come out of this man's mouth uh to make you feel like you really don't want to be here anymore <laughs> <laughs> well, I already got your money. You know, yeah, once you're right. sitting down, uh, yeah, you're, there's no going back. I've already jacked you for the twenty bucks or twenty five bucks if you paid at the door. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a great show. Uh, I didn't tape it. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I should have now at this point. But it was uh, it was pretty good. And uh, you know, we talked ahead of time. I was going to do like twenty five thirty minutes, and then uh, Marty was like, "Yeah, well, once you got to thirty five, I just let you go." See, I didn't. I didn't realize. I mean, this is not. Uh, this yeah. is not a slight at all. Because, yeah. but because like forty five minutes is a is a damn good long time for for any comic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you had uh, the forty five minutes of material. Or were you just like uh, well, going off the top of your head? I. You know, I've been doing the. I'm. I'm trying to get away of from writing like the one liner. You know, like set up punchline. Boom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. I'm doing more like I'm telling stories. Okay. You know, stories with, you know, in a funny way, I guess. Well, know, that's that's, that's typically the job it. of a comic. Well, you never know. Uh, there's been plenty <laughs> yeah, of comics I've out there that, that didn't. <laughs> murdered uh, by other different means. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just kind of have a list of topics that I'll go back and check my notes and say, oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. And then I'll go into that to, to that whole thing. But it's kind of like being here. Yeah. You know, well, we uh, come up, we have nothing to talk about. 
and then all of a sudden we find something to talk about. Yes, but at least I have topics that I want to get into. Well, you know, stuff that I've already uh, worked out in my head and written down and things like that. Yeah, you're far more organized in that setting because uh, there's so much more at risk. Yes, because everybody can see you. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, nobody can see me here on the radio. You know, nobody knows what we look like here at uh, 6, 18 in the morning. Well, it, if you blow this show, yeah, if, like if uh, like today's show stinks, which yeah, yeah. occasionally that's going to happen. It always happens. Sure. Um, there's usually, most of the time, a pretty good chance there's another show tomorrow. Yeah. Or in this case, Monday. Right. So if you bomb on stage and you stink the place up. Yeah. You may not be invited back. Right. You know, Michael Richards thought he was going to have another shot at it, too. Okay, well, Michael Richards went a completely different route than what we all thought he was capable of doing. and uh, it, we, wasn't his best, it wasn't his best set, but, no, uh, but nevertheless, I don't think he got another chance to do it again. Yeah, I didn't have to break out the B material last night. Good. Yeah. That's that, probably that, not the, the Michael. I didn't have to go the Michael Richards route. Which, that was probably one. Which nobody should, really. No. You know? Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was, a it was, a uh, a great night. There was like a lot, like I said, a lot of people were into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people getting references to my buddy, uh, <laughs> got a buddy out there who's into that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, Marty and I, uh, did that whole, uh, little radio, uh, shtick at the end. The, the, the baseball bit. Joe Castiglione, uh, interviewing a poor sick boy with some sort of rare disease who mm-hmm. is uh, attending the uh, Daner-Farber Cancer Institute, uh, but keeps getting interrupted with his story because Joe Castiglione keeps calling the Red Sox game. <laughs> it's actually very funny. Now, which uh, which part did you play? I played Joe Castiglione. And Marty played the he, sick kid? He played uh, Timmy, the sick kid. So uh-huh. uh, Timmy starts explaining, you know, all the treatment. All right, Timmy, so uh, tell us about, you know, what you're going through. And then Timmy starts talking about all the treatments that he's getting. And I swing and I miss and I high fly ball the right pitch. <laughs> it's like interrupting the kid. And he used to do, they used to do that all the time yeah. uh, during the Jimmy Fund fundraiser when they had those August... Red Sox Yankees games, you know the series that they have in August. Right, I think they still do it, where they where they interview those kids. But I, but Joe Castiglione's not around anymore to uh, to interrupt uh, those those poor kids that were just trying to tell their story. Yeah, but got interrupted because he was mad at the Yankees. This was before the uh, the uh, Red Sox beat the Yankees <laughs> in the World Series. I uh, you know I, I obviously I didn't. Uh... Yeah, I'm not a part of this, but, uh, you know, it seems to me that it would be great if you had, like, a sideline reporter also involved in this. Do you want to be the sideline reporter? Yeah, maybe one of these days I'll be, like, a, you you know, be the, the Hazel third, May. You could be the third voice of that. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I'd be, like, on the, on, the, uh, on the sidelines. You'll be Aaron Andrews. You just got to take your shirt off and let somebody look at you through a peephole. I could do that. All right. That wouldn't see. be difficult. It's easy to do. <laughs> Well, if the whole idea is to interrupt the, the sick kid with cancer. That's yeah, that's a hell of a premise. It is a hell of a premise well, because it was. I always found it to be rude. I'm like, why? Why are they doing these interviews? You know, I get that you, you know you're trying to raise money and raise awareness for something that does, deserves to have the uh, the pomp too. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, but why are you doing that while you're calling the plays? Shouldn't you be doing this like during? Like uh, you know, the seventh inning stretch, or or somewhere where you could find another time to do this without being interrupted by a Rod uh, with a strikeout. Right. You know what I mean? 
I don't know, man. But uh, but we did that bit at the end, and uh, it all went over well, and everybody had a seemingly had a good time. Yeah, very good. And they they should see the meatballs these people piled up on their plates. It was like being at a Rock 102 work release again. It's like uh, one of those kinds of events. Oh yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see any Tupperware uh, being snuck in <laughs> as well. Well, they did pay for it. Well, they did pay for it, but but it's like I get it that you twenty dollars. You're getting a meal and a show, but it's not like you're getting, you're not getting filet mignon. That's the show part. That's the, you are getting filet mignon when, when you're watching me. <laughs> okay, right. Steve, right. Well, filet mignon that has been overcooked and uh, yeah, just left I, I, a, unseasoned. Yeah, like somebody got drunk, put a filet mignon on the grill, forgot about it the next day, and now it's like a big chunk of- uh, No, it's a hockey puck. Well, yeah, a chunk of char. That's, that's what you're getting when you get me. <laughs> but- uh, I think it's a mentality. I think, like, people need, you know, with somebody who's at a discount, you feel like I should really get all of the money's worth out of this by loading my plate with yeah. pasta and meatballs. Well, because you don't want to think, like, I don't want to interrupt the comedy show by going up for seconds. I no. load up now. No, the food happens before the comedy even starts. Yeah, there you go. It starts at 7.20. That's plenty of time, 40 minutes for people to eat, 100 people. And even if there's somebody still uh, shoveling a few uh, shovelfuls of food in their mouth by the time showtime comes, eh, pretty much everybody's been served. Yeah. So I just don't understand the the garbage pile of food that some people put on their plates. Well, again, I, I'm glad you likened it to the Rock 102 work release events because, uh, I mean, that's when, that's when all the grazing and cud chewing would start. Man, I'm so glad that guy, <laughs> that guy doesn't work here anymore, and we don't. And thank God for the pandemic that saved us from going to those. Yeah, this is what we want you to do. We want to put you to put aside every Friday night for the rest of your life. You know what? To it watch was, to watch listeners drool all over themselves with free food. I was talking to somebody about that last night because this is the topic that gets brought up every time we see people in line for food. We're like, this reminds me of a Rock 102 work release, right? But I was uh, I was talking to some uh, some people there, and uh, I totally forgot what I was just gonna say. What was I just gonna say? Work release. Yeah, I know. Food. Oh, uh, but we we should do the work release thing again, but bring it back like once a month instead of every single Friday. Uh, that would be fine. That way, with you that. highlight you highlight like a restaurant of the month kind of thing. That would be great. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping that sales listens to to the radio show in the morning. <laughs> They're not listening to this show. Yeah. I know. That's the thing. All these great ideas just flying right by them. <laughs> hey, you guys are doing great down there. It's too bad we'd never get a chance to listen because yeah. we're too busy doing other things. But uh, but I, I would I would appreciate that, yeah. going back to doing that. Well, I'm glad you had a good night last night. Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, wow. It's 624 all night? I know. Wow. That's why I'm trying this. to bu you buzz you right out of here. That wasn't even a good conversation. <laughs> it's Pax and Nagel at Rock 102. Did you feeling scratchy? Cash in on the Mass Day Lottery's family of holiday instant tickets for a chance to win your share of $228 million in prizes. Play today. Must be 18 or older to play. Please play responsibly. It's 627 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Liam Neeson will give you the forecast there. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, that's in there. Uh, uh, is that okay? Yeah, no, that's yeah, fine. Cool. I just wasn't, uh, wasn't quite prepared for, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Leah. what I call him? Liam Neeson. Yeah, that's not right. It's Leah Neeson, right? Leah, no, that's the place up <laughs> in Northampton. Uh, 
I knew it was. I knew we were close. I knew we were very, very close. Anyway, uh, yeah. Open line Friday coming up after eight o'clock. I've already had people say, "Hey, can you make sure you pick up my call?" Yeah, I'll just ignore the other five hundred callers and uh, and zero in on yours. We can't control who calls in no. and what call comes in first. And so. yeah, and what order we pick them up. Right. Would you uh, Would you like to laugh? In fact, I would. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. So a man meets this beautiful girl and he decides he wants to marry her right away. Yes. Right away. She protested. But we don't know anything about each other. And he replies, that's okay. We'll learn about each other as we go along. So she consented and they were married. And they went on the honeymoon to a very nice resort. One morning, they were lying by the pool when he got up off of his towel, climbed up to the 30-foot-high board, and did a two-and-a-half-tuck gainer, entering the water perfectly, almost without a ripple, right? Okay. This was followed by three rotations in jackknife position before he again straightened out and cut the water like a knife. After a few more demonstrations, he came back and laid down on his towel. She said, that was incredible. And he goes, well, I used to be an Olympic diving champion. You see, I told you we'd learn more about ourselves as we went along. So she got up, jumps in the pool, starts doing laps. She was moving so fast that the ripples from her pushing off at one end of the pool would hardly be gone before she was already touching the other end of the pool. Right. And after about 30 laps completed in just mere minutes, she climbs back out, lays down on the towel, barely breathing hard at all. And he said, that was incredible. Were you an Olympic endurance swimmer? She goes, no, I was a prostitute in Venice, and I worked both sides of the canal. Ah! But at least we're getting to know each other. Bax and Nagel in the morning. ...itself into ribeyes on the Weber. Ribeyes not included. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell Rockies. Let me try singing that, Okay. It's 6.33 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-in bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, you know what? The Patriots won a game last night, and we didn't even know. <laughs> no, Nobody we, really knew. Well, because you got to have your Amazon Prime membership up into, to even have seen the game. So uh, if you don't got to... If you're not using your Amazon uh, Prime Video, well, then you missed out. Well, that was uh, that was good news for me last night because uh, nobody was watching the game anyway, so they all came out to the Live Comedy Club. By the way, $20 dinner and a show. I bet you can't beat that <laughs> deal anywhere else. I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, all trucks, this is the traffic alert, road hug. All trucks that weigh over 40 tons traveling on the Mass Pike are required to exit from the Mass Pike between Westfield and Lee. We started talking about this earlier this week, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting worse. Like, to get off of the... uh, I had a friend yesterday who was right by the state police barracks, or maybe it was two days ago, right by the state police barracks in Westfield on the pike. Yeah. Took him an hour to get home. He lives in downtown Westfield. Jesus. Because of the traffic backup. Because all these trucks are being diverted off the highway, and they have to get off, and and it's, uh, it's causing a big mess. There's such a nowhere, a, a nowhere land, no man's land between Westfield and Lee. Yeah, I mean it's the longest space between exits on the Pike, and it's just like it, it's, it's foolish that there's nothing there because well, you know if something bad happens, you know an accident or yeah. you know what you're dealing with right now with the with other uh, with other issues, and you got things get get really backed up, you're screwed. 
Yeah, if you're stuck between Lee and uh, Westfield, forget about it. Sayonara. You're unless stuck. You can, unless you can uh, do one of them illegal moves and well, get off of one of those uh, little highway exit things. The, listen, the fine is only $50, and it's a non-moving violation. It's kind of worth it. No, when you bring it up that way, sounds like it's almost worth uh, breaking the law. Anyway, due to the construction of the Westfield River Bridge on I-90 in Montgomery and Russell, which crosses Route 20, CSX Railroad in the Westfield River beginning uh, this past Monday, all trucks that weigh over 40 tons are now detoured. Any truck that is overweight traveling westbound is required to take exit 41 in Westfield. Trucks overweight traveling eastbound are required to take exit 10 in Lee. The hill towns have been very busy uh, in the last few days because of all these trucks going through back and forth. Yeah. Our residents along routes 10, 202, and 20 will see an increase in tractor trailers traveling through the detour route for two years through 2025. However, they're not allowed to travel the detour route from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. But Well, that's not that inconvenient. Two years? Oh, how do you dis- how do you stop that from happening? Truck truck drivers drive all day long and all night long. How are you okay, well, you know what? This one's gotta go out to Westfield, but you can't go there between four and six. It just doesn't seem like a like a like a good rule to have. Well, I mean, it's only two years. I mean, the average life expectancy is what, uh, seventy eight years old now? Yeah. Well then you you, you can catch up. The uh, detour, yeah, I don't know if I can. The uh, detour adds an additional six miles for truckers. Detour signs are placed on I-90 as well uh, along the other detour routes. They need to fix the Westfield exit before they start detouring. I mean, I get the bridge needs to be taken care of first. Right. Which, which by the way, did you know is the uh, longest spanning bridge of the Mass Pike? Is that true? Yeah, that... that you yeah, I guess it would it? be. Yeah. It's huge. Sure. And it's, uh, I remember watching the documentary on how the Mass Pike was built. Man, that's a humdinger. That's actually pretty cool. That's uh, the kind of uh, documentary you watch when all other documentaries have been seen. Well, no, you find these things on YouTube, but they talked about how they hired Mohawk Indians to build that bridge because the Mohawk Indians were not afraid of the high, of the heights. Yes. You know, now we have safety equipment and bungee cords and... Anybody can go up there and do that. I'm afraid of widths. Yes. Well, apparently the Mohawk Indians were not, and they were allowed to walk on these uh, planks and in uh, you know tight rope tight situations and uh, not have a problem. That was one of the uh, highlights of the documentary. They're like the Walendas. Who's the Walendas? Well, they uh, like a tightrope act back in the uh, you know, the last uh, century or so. I never saw them. Yeah, they were uh, the fl- uh, the flying Walendas, and by flying, I mean they often fell and died. That doesn't sound like a very good circus. No, actually, it uh, slowed down the. <laughs> it kind of slowed down the successful uh, circuses uh, for quite a while, but the flying Walendas uh, were quite an act for a while. Yeah, it was all good until they started dying. Until we started. Well, losing. they used to do this thing where, like, uh, there'd be like six or seven of them, you know, all being balanced while one guy is on the uh, on the tightrope. Well, you know, you, you, it's a lot of trust in that one guy that he's going to maintain his balance like all these Walendas all over the place. Yeah. And there were a couple of times when uh, the dude lost his footing and all of a sudden you get the, a tragedy on your hands, which, that, by the way, screws up the next act in the in the circus. What, did he fall because of a scream from the bathroom from a friend who was suffering from a kidney stone? 
let out a scream so loud that he fell off the tightrope. Oh, you've seen that documentary. I have seen that documentary. That was a very, very good one. But at least the stone was gone. Uh, African-American leaders in Springfield were criticized in an editorial from a local monthly paper for not supporting fellow African-American candidate Justin Hurst in the mayoral election. The paper does not speak for the entire black community, said Archbishop Timothy, Timothy Paul, president of the Council of Churches of Greater Springfield. Archbishop Timothy Paul led a news conference in Springfield yesterday in response to Frederick Hurst, father of former Springfield mayoral, mayoral candidate Justin Hurst, an owner of the local monthly newspaper African American Point of View, who called out leaders in the black community in Springfield for their, quote, unnecessary sin of abandoning their own during the uh, mayoral election last month. In an editorial published in the latest edition of the Free Paper, Hearst says, quote, a few confused people betrayed their own by not endorsing his son as he ran against incumbent Dominic Sarno. Those black leaders who were called out by name in the article gathered in Springfield to defend themselves many of them clergy members. I'm here to support I'm here I'm just here in support of the church because you can write about me, talk about me all you want, but don't talk about these men of God, said Springfield City Councilor Mallow Brown. Hearst said that State Representative Bud Williams, Stone Soul Festival co-founder Jay Griffin, Springfield Police Com- uh, Commission member C. Jackson, and other members of the Council Churches of Greater Springfield need to be exposed because they quote have long been compromised by money within the mere illusion of personal and political power and their obsessive love of white people. Yikes. So, um, <laughs> you know, I read this article uh, earlier this week from uh, from Rick Hurst, and uh, it was, uh, I mean, it's a shocking, it's a shocking editorial. What really got my uh, attention, though, yeah, was the response from Talbot Swan. Uh, he not only wrote a, a, a media release yesterday, he has a, a radio show where he spoke you know, you know, very frankly about what Rick, uh, what Rick Hurst was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree with Talbert Swan more. I mean, everybody is entitled to support whatever candidate they want, and they are entitled to not support any candidate they want. Yeah. Uh, what's being alleged here is that it's not necessarily whether you voted for Justin Hurst, but if you've ne- but if you failed to endorse him, then somehow that compromises failed your to blackness. Him. Yeah, failed to endorse him because of the color of your skin. Right, and 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 and, yeah. and, and Talbert's uh, assertion is, and I agree with this because I do it. I do it myself. Talbert has never, ever endorsed a candidate for mayor of Springfield. It doesn't mean he hasn't voted a certain way, but he has never publicly endorsed a candidate. I haven't either. I never will. That's his choice. That has nothing to do with whether or not he supports his community and to accuse people of of uh, of the community of of not uh, in the way that the, the that Rick Hurst did. I just think is it's it really is kind of uh, yeah. shocking that you would throw people under the bus like this. Yeah, he referred to the Springfield City Council vice president as white-loving Melvin Edwards. Edwards' wife is white. Uh, this is unacceptable. The Constitution allows people to speak freely in this country, but it does not give you the right to speak without consequence. And there has to be a consequence for words that were said that were so hateful and hurtful. That is Melvin Edwards, uh, Springfield City Councilor. Uncle Tom, which is a term associated with slavery, is used in the editorial and says 
They will never stop serving their master because some are simply weak by nature. They called me the godfather. Uh, oh, this is uh, the, moving on to a different quote from C. Jackson. This is the Springfield Board of Police Commissioners. They called me the godfather. They called me Santa Claus, but don't call me Uncle Tom. Bishop Talbert Swan, as you noted, uh, president of the Springfield NAACP, says he has never endorsed a candidate in the past, no matter the color of their skin. To cut down on the confusion that was the branch affiliated with any campaign or supported any candidate because we are a nonpartisan organization, it is not my practice. Uh, it's my practice not to make mayoral endorsements. Hearst suggests in the article that Springfield is being run by an At- Irish Italian mafia that, quote, worked to divide the black community against itself, saying that is a part of the reason why his son did not win the mayoral election against Sarno. I beg to differ on that opinion of why your son didn't win. Listen, there, there, there are loads of reasons. And, uh, and, and interestingly enough, the video that we all saw right before the election is not even a part of this discussion and probably shouldn't be because the reality is whenever you're running for office, there is always a possibility you are going to lose. If you're running against a longtime incumbent, it's harder to win. I don't care who you are. That's why Dom Sarno has been there for all those years. He is a popular mayor. Is he a perfect mayor? There's no such thing as a perfect mayor. But either way, it's impossible to extract an incumbent out of office in Massachusetts. It rarely ever happens. Yeah. And I just think that the 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 assertion here by the point of view is, and I agree with Talbert Swan, it sounds like sour grapes it sounds like a bad loser. It sounds like someone who just can't get over the fact that their son has lost an election. It has nothing to do with the, the video. It has everything to do with the fact that uh, you didn't have great voter turnout uh, overall. You didn't have great over uh, you know voter turnout in the black community. You didn't have great uh, you know turnout in as compared to other elections in which there were black candidates for for mayor. There were there were more people that came out when uh, Bud Williams ran for mayor than there were now. So, I mean, that's I think that's relevant information. You know, I, th- I think a lost election is more about how you might not have gotten your message out the way you the way you might have sh- might have or should have. You you're, know what I mean? You're also running against an incumbent. And and in any election in the state of Massachusetts, it's really hard to right. do that and i think you have to accept that that's just the reality of of election politics but then to accuse people in your own community of not being uh you know one thing or another in the way that he's ex- describing i think it's kind of shameful it is shameful and uh see i'm now focused on you know why you didn't win and, and all that stuff you remember uh remember that guy alex morse i do you know for all the uh you know scandal and all that crap that came along with that uh, little administration there, you know, because there was some questionable things that happened along the way sure. during the tenure. But leading up to him getting elected, he went out to every single, every single household in the city of Holyoke. Yeah, That's how he won. He went out and he showed people, this is who I am. You know, Dom Dom doesn't have the time to do that. He's got all this other mayoral duty stuff. And when he campaigns, he's campaigning. He's doing, you know, I don't know if he's doing speeches or, you know, whatever he's doing. 
but he doesn't have the time to go door to door. That was the advantage that Alex Morse had because he didn't have he didn't have a job. He was well, out of college he, and he was you know. he was also bilingual, so he was able to reach you know he was able to reach people in Holyoke yeah. that had never been reached before by right. any candidate ever. That's how we did it. But that was but that was a shrewd election tactic that yeah. he did. That was that was good strategy. And so when Elaine Pluta lost, um, y- you know, I think it surprised a lot of people. It surprised Elaine Pluta for sure. It certainly did. But you know, when it comes to Springfield, you know, it, it's not like it's not like Justin Hurst was going door to door to everybody in Springfield trying to uh, you no, know, but, rouse you, know, you rouse a constituency. But I'm, I'm not saying he didn't do that. I'm just saying that. It's not. I mean, to compare, it's like it's to compare what he did to like what Alex Morris did. They're different, but it's very different. They are different, but but I'm just saying like there's different strategies and tactics you can take in order to try to win thing. It's not like he did horrible in the polls. No, it he, was like what fifty one to forty eight percent or something like that. Wasn't that the final it's, tally? It's, uh, something like that. But right. but but nevertheless, I mean, the four thousand vote differential but right. we only have 19 percent of the voters in springfield voting you know that that uh that block that that differential yeah you know it's, it's, a, it's a little it, misleading it's a little misleading but it's also you know listen you did pretty good this time around you know forget about all the stuff that you heard but let's just say you, this election went off without any kind of controversy or whatever right you lose the election Fifty-one to forty-eight percent is pretty good against the guy who's incumbent. This and that's like the message that you get going. Okay, what did I do wrong this time? What can we do when we go back in four years and try to beat this guy again? Well, there is something to be said about losing with some with some level of grace and dignity. And if you lose an election and all you can do is point fingers at the people that didn't support you enough to your satisfaction. Uh, that doesn't bode well for your chances in the future. Yeah, and I, and I was going to say. And, who, I don't, and I don't think uh, you know, Rick Hurst has done his son any favors here, to be quite honest with you. I, if, if Dom Sarner were to say right now, this is the last uh, the last time, I'm, I'm not going to run for re-election, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Justin Hurst wants to, to run again, and people go back to, the, yeah. to Rick Hurst's point of view yeah. to see what dad had to say and then to see what, uh, what Justin Hurst had to say, what, where he says, you know, my dad's, uh, you know, Opinion piece stands for yeah. itself. I got to tell you, that's not helping you. It's not helping you. And in fact, it's not only hurting you politically, what's going on here is hurting the black community in Springfield. And that's a fact. And you know what? The serious conversation is definitely hurting the Bax and Nagel show. And we need to get some comedy in our veins. Too sweet. We got to start telling some fart jokes and right. fast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Marbles and Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> and pregnant chicks. You know, I got a buddy. Do ya? Uh, hey, I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. And this. And I have everything homeowners insurance, car insurance, and here at the store, workman's comp. So I've got the fire and the liability for both businesses, the whole gamut. Quadroinsurance.com is for you. It's 652 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, the forecast, uh, it's going to be, what, sunny today with a high of 41. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 49. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, the uh, the daily podcast always brought to you by Marcot Ford. They got you back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcot Ford in uh, Holyoke. Uh, also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. This week, my guest has been author Rory Sullivan-Burke. 
the author of a book called uh, The Light Pours Out of Me, the authorized biography of John McGeeock, a great, uh, brilliant guitar player whose uh, life story based upon this book is going to be made into a documentary film. It's a really interesting book and really cool uh, interview. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Ambassador Lincoln Bloomfield. Now, you may say, isn't this a musical podcast? Well, it is. Uh, back in the 70s, Lincoln Bloomfield had a band out of Boston, uh, Cohasset, and uh, they played all over New England, all over New York, all over upstate, and uh, they released an album in 1978. They broke up, and Lincoln went off to become an ambassador, a diplomat for the U.S. government, and it's a fascinating story. In fact, he even plays in a band with uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter from uh, Steely Dan and the Dewey Brothers in oh, their spare wow. time. Pretty cool. Uh, for the first time in 45 years, the band that he was in called Calacus has just released a brand new record of new material. It's actually really quite good. And uh, so I talked to uh, Lincoln Bloomfield. You'll hear that uh, on Monday on rock102.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And the interview ends with you, uh, with, with him saying, uh, I can say whatever I want. I uh, I have diplomatic immunity, and then you say it's just been revoked, and then uh, and then that's the end of the interview. No, we never uh, we never quite got there. You didn't do that Briggs and uh, Murtoff uh, uh, talk back uh, and forth. No, but I I did believe he said at one point, "I'm getting too old for this stuff." By the way, uh, it is a very interesting interview. We even talk about uh, some foreign policy too, because you know what? Uh, what the heck? How often do you get a chance to talk to a to an ambassador? Yeah, how many times do you get to talk to somebody high-ranking in government like that? Hardly ever. So that's coming up on uh, Monday on rock102.com. Who was the ambassador for? He was for the U.S. in what country? <sighs> you know, it, it's I I think he was an ambassador for uh, for a lot of different things involving. Uh, uh, Oh, now you're gonna have to be. I'm now. I have to try to remember it, all the things we talked about. Well, was it like a good country? Like was it like, or was it like a boring country? Like I think Canada? it was more like a general, like a general diplomatic oh. thing. It wasn't just like he was in, assigned to a specific country yeah. or whatever, but very, very much involved in uh, in national security and uh, in foreign policy. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, uh, you. Uh, now we talked about all that uh, that you know depressing stuff. With uh, you know people being using reverse racism to prove their point. Yes. Uh, would you like to talk about something funny now? I would love to get off uh, off of that. There was a uh, sheriff's deputy in Oklahoma City named David Dewitt, and he was arrested on Monday after he assaulted a male clerk at an adult store called Christie's Box. That means two things. <laughs> The uh, clerk uh, told the responding officer that Dewitt and a woman uh, were walking around the store, and every time the man, the, every time the woman wanted something, Dewitt started arguing with her. He would tell her that she didn't need the item because the adult toy was bigger than him. This guy's got a. Okay. This is not the couple thing to do if you're so intimidated by an adult toy. Right. Uh, several times he raised his hands as if he was going to backhand her, so the clerk decided to intervene. He told Dewitt to cool it, and Dewitt cursed at him and said, I'm a cop. Then things got more heated when the cop brought a sex toy up to the counter and started arguing with the clerk about batteries. The cop started <laughs> punching the clerk in the face. And over batteries? Over batteries. The uh, clerk tossed candies, mints, and a toy at the officer, and uh, Dewitt yelled, I'm an officer of the law. You don't effing assault me. I can have you arrested in jail to wherever you get it, to where you never get out. 
right? Yeah, dude, you're gonna go to the uh, you're gonna go to the police station and file a report yeah. about what exactly just I, happened. I don't know. When did Greg Bigda move to uh, Oklahoma City? <laughs> and where's my car? Damn it! <laughs> It was idling outside the store. Well, and then he jumps in his car and speeds off. He was actually <sighs> pulled over speeding as he was driving away, and it was about to be let go with a warning because he's a cop, right? Right. But then the trooper was alerted that Dewitt was wanted for assault, and that's when he was taken into custody nah, over the incident. Uh, the sheriff says Dewitt is on paid leave, and he adds that he has done an outstanding, exceptional job, and that people have an extreme amount of confidence in him. Yeah. Except, except after this one time. Yeah, except for the girlfriend and maybe the clerk in the store and pretty much everybody else who's just heard this story. I don't <laughs> think there's a whole high vote of confidence in this guy. But if your sex toy just came with uh, with batteries included, all of this could have been avoided. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to chase you all the way into Palmer if you don't... Uh... i got to provide my own D-cells? This is bogus, man. It's really bogus. <laughs> and there you go. That's... Uh... Whatever. It's 658 Rock 102. And this is View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people. Rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, this is it. The NBA in-season tournament championship game is set for tomorrow night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Two teams duking it out to win the league's very first NBA Cup. You're going to have the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Indiana Pacers on a non-stop head-to-head fist-wielding mishmash of punishing basketball action. If I didn't have so many other shows to catch up on Netflix and Hulu tomorrow night, I'd be glued to the live NBA Cup coverage like slopping a pig. Unfortunately, with all the uh, new Squid Game Challenge episodes I gotta watch, my time is limited, and so the NBA Cup will have to be decided without my participation. Last night, the Lakers spanked the uh, New Orleans 133-89. The Pacers upset Milwaukee by a score of 128-119. to Now, here's the exciting part. By just getting to the NBA Cup Finals, each player involved will receive a bonus of $200,000 apiece. In tough economic times like these, I'm sure guys like LeBron James of the Lakers at, at $44.5 million a year could certainly use the extra cash. But if the Lakers were to beat the Pacers tomorrow night, then LeBron and everybody else in the Lakers would receive a bonus check of a half million dollars. And the same situation would apply to every other player on the Indiana roster as well if they win. A half million dollars goes to every player on the winning squad. But of course, it's about much more than that. It's also about being the very first team in league history to win the highly coveted and wildly prestigious NBA Cup. Are you kidding me? This is the most exciting time in NBA history. Perhaps not uh, exciting enough to adjust my personal schedule, but exciting enough to say, well, I sure hope those multi-million dollar basketball players figure out a way to spend all that extra cash wisely. Because it would be a shame to see it all wasted on things like charities or worse. No, sir, in this in-season tournament, it's been terrific. A terrific interruption to the normal flow of professional basketball. So much so that I can't wait until next year's in-season tournament. I mean, I'd like to wait, but I can't. Because apparently, this was something pretty special. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get a Milwaukee screwdriver set, 20 bucks. Get the Milwaukee 6-in-1 combination pliers, 20 bucks. It's the Milwaukee buck, 20 bucks. 
It's the Milwaukee 20 buck tool sale at Rockies. I'm checking it out on the Rockies app. You can go to Rockies.com or pick up the flyer at the store. What's on sale at Rockies? It's always at your fingertips. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 712. And 38 special with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, just uh, one quick thing. Got to do my little morning text messages here. Yeah, you got gotta to make sure everyone's uh, up to speed on what you're doing. Well, I'm an absent landlord. I have to uh, you know, <laughs> text instructions to people. The, uh, the Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 50. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. During the news, we were talking about this letter uh, that was written. Was it for what was it? An editorial and so there's a, a monthly newspaper called um, the Point of View. Okay. And uh, Frederick Hurst, Rick Hurst, the, the mm-hmm. father of uh, Justin Hurst, has been uh, you know running this for a while. And uh, you know after the election, uh, he decided to to speak his mind yeah. about why uh, one why he thought his son lost the election to Dominic Sarno and you know those who may have been responsible for the lack of support that right. Justin Hurst received and uh it's been pretty controversial because I mean he is accusing people uh, within the black community of being Uncle Tom's for not publicly endorsing his son which um, I think is you know I mean there's certain things about race that I probably don't yeah. feel like I'm fully qualified well, to say but well, there's but there's when you read this it's like man what are you trying to accomplish with this it, it really i read the whole thing this morning and it really doesn't seemingly accomplish anything but what you've accomplished is uh stirring up more people who are uh completely against your opinion you know what i mean yeah like, at least that's that's what you've done you've successfully made people start talking uh, about you Uh, And I'll just read the article here. An article published in a local newspaper claiming that the lack of support from the black community uh, cost candidate Justin Hurst the Springfield mayoral election last month is receiving pushback from that community. Yesterday, prominent city leaders stood together at Springfield City Hall calling out both defeated mayoral candidate and current city councilor Justin Hurst and his father for an article published just days ago in the local newspaper. Western Mass News was getting answers on the situation as they broke down the latest developments. Uh, Leaders from the African-American community in Springfield are hurt by the words written by Frederick Hurst, who is Justin Hurst's father, and now they're asking for him and the publication to take action and, according to them, make things right. The paper does not speak for the entire black community, explained Archbishop Timothy Paul. Archbishop Paul was uh, with the Council of Churches of Greater Springfield, spoke about the African-American newspaper in Springfield called The Point of View, On Thursday, Archbishop Paul was joined at Springfield City Hall by different leaders from the greater Springfield NAACP, clergy, elected officials, and other members of the black community, all condemning what they say are personal attacks from the publication's publisher, Frederick Hurst. Last month, Justin Hurst challenged Springfield Mayor Dominic Sarno in the mayoral election, but he did not win. The elder Hurst writing his son lost due to many black leaders not supporting his campaign. I thought that Justin ran a really good race. I really did. I thought he was qualified, but he didn't win. And so when you don't win, you start attacking people, uh, explained Robert C. Jackson, who is a Springfield Police Commission member. In the story, which is titled, The Worst Article I Ever Wrote, Frederick Hurst called out specific people, all black leaders in the community, now claiming that the messages are racist and hurtful. A section of it, reading in part, 
They will never stop serving their master because some are simply weak by nature and other things money is God and master controls the money, which in their minds means master is God. Neither of these types of folks will ever go away. We generally refer to them as Uncle Toms. Yikes. So I kind of became I, I became aware of this uh, in depth after uh, Talbert Swan mm-hmm. issued a statement. Now, he's been saying on his radio show since earlier this week, uh, <laughs> you know, his thoughts about this thing. And I, I, I watched a, there's a YouTube video of him uh, for about an hour or so, uh, him talking about this on a show on uh, I believe it was Monday. And I watched the entire thing. And as I'm watching it, I'm going, you know what? Everything that Talbert is saying is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. I, I just read a little bit of uh, of his statement that was released uh, this week. I'm appalled at the continued personal attacks by those affiliated with Justin Hurst's mayoral co- campaign because I could be bullied into a public endorsement. For more than a year, I have been maligned and have endured abuse, obscenities, and vicious attempts to disparage my integrity by refusing to concede to the notion that as president of the greater Springfield NAACP, I was mandated to endorse a candidate because of the color of his skin. As has been my practice since becoming branch president, I have not publicly endorsed any mayoral candidate. This is a choice that I have respected, uh, that has been respected by every previous candidate seeking my endorsement. However, during this campaign, for the past 14 months, I have been assailed on a weekly basis via social media, public commentary, and now over the pages of the Point of View newspaper. Uh, he goes into uh, saying that uh, Rick Hurst has uh, wrote a vitriolic piece of slander uh, disguised as an editorial filled with lies, insinuations, infantile name-calling, and vile racial stereotypes. In his, denigrat- in his denig- denigratory uh, column, Hurst falsely claims that I run a mostly phantom church with mostly phantom programs that are funded by the city our church has never received city funding. Our nonprofit, uh, CGOIC, Family Services, was awarded uh, ARPA grants. He goes on. Yeah. He goes on. And he also defends a lot of the people. This, this is one of the things I, I, I completely agree with Talbot on, is he defends some of the people that were specifically named in Rick Hurst's uh, opinion piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have been nothing but great uh, you know, citizens of, of Springfield that have really gone out of their way to help the, uh, you know, the community. Uh, and, and I, and I totally respect what he, what he is saying and what he is doing. And, you know, he is supporting the black community by saying, now, wait a minute, simply because we didn't publicly endorse your son for, for, uh, the mayoral race does not, does not mean that we do not support our community. Right. It simply means that my vote is my own business, and it is not for me to share simply because you demanded of me. Yeah, and he's right. Who you vote for is your own business. It doesn't mean that they didn't vote for Justin Hurst. That was the irrelevant part. Mm-hmm. The part that uh, you know, Rick Hurst is focused on is the fact that they didn't publicly just endorse uh, Justin Hurst, as if it would have been enough to make a big difference. I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think it would have made enough to beat Dom Sarno when you only have 19% of the uh, the voter population showing up to the polls. But again, as I, as I said before, uh, when we talked about this during the news, that <coughs> excuse me, uh, got, a little, uh, got a little choked up there. 
I'm talking about. Don't, don't be so thing. emotional, Steve. Well, it's, it's okay. You'll get through it. People are criticizing me. Anyway, uh, so well, as I was saying in the news, you know, take it as a good loss. You know what I mean? You, you, if you if you lost by such a small margin, which was, you know, the, 51 to 48 percent. Yes, you lost, but it wasn't like a landslide lose. This is how you build yourself up yeah. to do it the next time. You know what I mean? See, but this is this is the problem. If if you walk away from a losing election, a losing campaign, in a way that's not gracious, in a way that is you know critical of people, you know uh, that does not bode well for your chances in the future. You know when you're you know there's there's accusations in this piece that as I'm reading, I'm going, oh, he didn't just say that, mm-hmm. where he. Accuse the city of being run by a an Italian Irish contingent, and then in parentheses writes mafia. Mm-hmm. That is an irresponsible allegation of yeah. the highest degree. No one is saying that anybody associated with city government at this point in time is associated with mafia. That's an incredibly irresponsible statement, even even if it were even remotely true, which I don't believe it is. But even if it was just slightly true, I think most people in in the city would take offense to that. Now, here's the thing. Springfield, like many other cities around America, have got enough problems with uh, division amongst its citizens, whether it's racial or political or economic or whatever it may be. Writing stuff like this helps none of that, especially when you're pointing fingers of people in your own community and accusing them of being Uncle Toms simply because they didn't vocalize their support for your son. I think the whole thing is yeah, I don't, shameful. You're talking about you're talking about division and how you don't like division, but here you are driving Cre- a wedge right through the thing, making even, creating even more division among in, people. In your own community. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing about it that make, doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what was trying to be accomplished out of this. I mean, if you're not happy your son didn't win an election, okay, that's fine. But you know, handle it with grace and dignity. That's not what happened here. You know what? This all could be solved with $10 and a fish sandwich. I don't think it would be. You don't think we can break fish sandwiches with everybody in the community It would we ha- all come together? It would have to be one hell of a fish sandwich. Steve. Arthur Treacher's, we're going to bring that back. It's 723 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's 726 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Liam Neeson uh, will give you the forecast. He will give you the forecast, and he will find you. Uh, Rock 102 and Aquapump are giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to New England and Kansas City and Taylor Swift in was, Foxborough on Sunday, say, December 17th. Why even bother? Why don't you just say uh, Aquapump's giving you a chance to maybe see Taylor Swift in a box at Gillette Stadium next week? But it's it'll be at a distance from where these seats will be. I'm sure of it. Uh, go to rock102.com and sign up by the end of the day on uh, the 10th. What is that? Uh, Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. There you go. At the end of the day for your chance to win. Uh, it's uh, brought to you by Aquapump. A chance to see New England and Kansas City, and maybe Taylor Swift if you're lucky on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. By the way, Taylor will not be performing at that game, other than to fake her enthusiasm for football. Oh, she'll be performing in the box if you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're talking. Hey, uh, 
you know, we've been talking about serious stuff all morning. Let's yeah, why? Not, dude, I have no idea. You know what? I'm tired. I was up late last night. I probably didn't fall asleep until about 1230. I was up at 345. I, uh, I'm You're in this a, contest. You're yeah, dating a virgin. Dating a virgin. Something's <laughs> got to give, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm come across this clip. That means two things. And uh, a 96-year-old Iowa grandmother has gone viral with her naughty carnation milk jingle. It's actually an old street slogan that she remembered from childhood. In the video, she recites it in the kitchen while holding the famous carnation can. She's been dubbed Grandma Helen, uh, and she's even getting love from the carnation company. Carnation milk, the best in the land, comes in a tin with a red and white band. No to pull, no hay to pitch, just punch two holes in the son of a bitch. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, there you go. Now Granny's talking. talking about it. Yeah. I like that. I had a grandma, Helen. Did you really? That was her name. Was Helen. she uh, was she mouthy like this one? She was. Uh, <laughs> you could tell, like you know how when you think about people when you, my grandmother's been dead since 1990. I was like 12 years old when she died. Right. right? And I, uh, I have very. I, I remember her the most of my grandparents because my other grandparents died either before I was born or right around You're when too I was young. three or four or so. So uh, Grandma Helen was the grandma that we always had, and and, and Helen was an alcoholic. And, you know, you really— In your family? Yeah, I know. You really didn't realize that until afterwards, but she would just come to visit for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was, like, the two times a year we saw Grandma, even though she only lived, like, 35 minutes away. Right. We only saw her twice a year. And uh, she she would she would drink her uh, Gilby's Gin Martinis, <laughs> and we'd play Monopoly. I've, I've told you this before. Yeah. And she'd bring out the Monopoly game, and she wouldn't want to get into the elaborate rules of Monopoly. So for the first... 12 years of my life, I thought Monopoly was just played with the dice and the pieces. I didn't know anything about hotels buying and all that stuff. So when I go to a friend's house when I'm like 14 years old for like this New Year's party, they all play Monopoly. And I'm like, that's not how you play it. And then (laughs) the thing. But she used to smoke these Eve Light 120s, which were these... Those big, they were like little, uh, little like knitting needles was, on fire. It was the two by four of the cigarette that she would be putting in her <laughs> mouth, and she would sit there and criticize my mother while playing Monopoly and drinking her uh, her Gilby's gin martinis. Extra dirty, by the way. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I wish grandma, my grandma Helen, was much more uh, like a vivacious Helen like this one <laughs> that could come up with carnation instant. Yeah. You ever see the, uh, the those TikTok videos of the uh, the old lady who was trying to ask her son about uh, a pumpkin pie? Yeah, and she can't pronounce pumpkin pie, and all she says is pancake pie. You ever see oh, that yeah, one? Yeah, I have seen that one. That's kind of like the, the the old lady we're talking about. She's just a foul mouthed, screaming, angry old broad. And every time I watch any of those videos, I howl because it's just so damn funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's funny. It's just funny. Well, because old people saying things, crude things, are very funny yeah, to me. It is, man. Too except, funny. Except when my grandma, Helen, do it. She just was just mean about it. <laughs> it's 731. News is next to Rock 102. Here's your... 634 with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rom Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 <laughs> sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomHyundai.com slash family.
Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Let me just get this. There you go. The Springfield Police Department is adding additional patrols to school bus stops to enforce traffic laws. Beginning next week, officers with the Traffic and Ordinance Units will be conducting additional traffic enforcement at and around school bus stops in the uh, morning for pickup and in the afternoon at drop-off. Uh, According to Springfield Police, for several weeks, patrols will monitor drivers in and around uh, school bus stops to ensure that safety of students on the roadway. It is against the law to pass a school bus while the stop arm is extended and the red lights are flashing. But how many times have you seen that? Uh, People ignore that. Yeah, I know. Uh, A bus with its yellow lights engaged means that the bus is slowing down. Thank you so much for the crack squad over at 22 to tell us what the lights mean on the bus. Driver are urged to slow down due to children in the area, possibly out of sight. The mass fine for illegally passing a school bus is a maximum of $200, and repeat offenders may have their licenses suspended. Mm. Well, there you go. Do they have anything uh, that explains what to do if uh, you're at the bus stop? It's a wet day. She there say, uh, please share my umbrella. She's in my umbrella. I love that song. That is like one of my favorite songs. One of your favorite songs you by the speak, Hollies? When you speak it in spoken word, though, yes. it's hard for me to remember the lyrics. Every morning I would see her waiting at the stop. Sometimes she'd shop and she would show me what she bought. All the other people stared as if they were quite insane. Someday my name and hers were going to be the same. We're Holly's horrible. really had it going on, man, didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, what's the anyway, bus stop? That, that was, yeah, bus, it's bus cop now. Bus cop, bus cop, yep. red <laughs> yeah. day, she's there, she's sharing my umbrella. Yeah, I don't think that works either. We should have just played the song. Yeah, right? I didn't have it handy. Oh, well, how can we not have that handy? <laughs> Listen, it took me a long time to get, uh, what does the fox say yesterday? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a long, was long forty five minutes to find it. Well, we we got it though. We eventually deliver. That should be our new motto. Yeah, we eventually deliver. We should do. This will be today's promo. Bax and Nagel. We eventually deliver. <laughs> you think so? When you're looking for laughs, we'll eventually get around to it. Yeah, eventually it'll come all around full circle, and then we say. A Massachusetts rescue is trying to save a cat with burns on half of her body. Era, the cat, was found in a work shed in Oxford with second and third degree burns on 55% of her body. The Animal Rescue League of Boston said the uh, ARL isn't sure how Era was burned, but she was quickly taken to the rescue for help. The procedures are extensive and painful, and Era is beginning a very long road to recovery. Still, the rescue is doing everything possible to save the animal's life. Treatment includes pain management and twice-weekly wound debridement, which involves removing dead skin and exposing new skin to promote healing. She will eventually be placed in foster care to, quote, give her a quiet and calm environment uh, to further help in the healing process. What kind of sick bastard does that? I I don't know. I I, I just don't get that kind of uh, abusiveness. Now, any time I've had experience with burns on a pussy cat, you just go to the doctor and get a shot of penicillin, and it clears up in days. Yeah, you, you don't want to have any kind of burning from one of those. 
You never had burning from a pussy cat? Uh, Steve, that's my own personal business, isn't it? Uh, it is. But the but... answer is no. Well, no. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's go back to talking about bus stops. Okay. After Pioneer Valley Transit Authority and the city of Holyoke removed a bus stop shelter, City Councilor Israel Rivera said he wants the city to further study the reasons behind the removal. Rivera, who chairs the city's public safety committee, said a bus shelter on the corner of Cabot and High Streets was removed over the summer to mitigate, quote, vagrancy on High Street. The uh, honest is the on is on the public safety committee and uh, and the community to ensure that the bus stops are safe, Riviera said. And he wants to create a focus group to investigate what other mechanisms are in place to address homelessness on High Street and how many other bus stop shelters in the city will be removed. Rivera said the uh, bus shelter removal was prompted by several situations where people slept with blankets on the shelter's bench while a family with children waited for the bus in the elements. It was a situation that Rivera said he had witnessed. There was one incident in the last two years where a fight broke out at another bus stop. During a public safety meeting on November 29th, Rivera brought the matter forward in, uh, in an order to on the agenda to discuss with Holyoke Mayor Josh Garcia and Holyoke Police Chief David Pratt. Rivera's order was brought forth as a package and was overshadowed by Garcia's presentation hmm. on his public safety plan known as Ezekiel's plan. This is the thing that didn't pass the other day. It was supposed to be named after the young baby that was shot and killed right. inside his mother's stomach. Uh it, also known as Operation Safe Streets, Garcia announced a plan on after an October 4th shooting, claiming the life I just said. Meanwhile, Rivera believes the safety concerns that led to the bus stop shelter's remover are valid, especially because the bus stop sits near a school. He also said he worries about the unintended impact it has on those who use the shelter for its intended purpose. It punishes the people who use it for its intended purpose, which is for winter protection from the elements. You know, uh, not to be insensitive. In any way. Whatever happened there is a horrible tragedy. But I must tell you that in 38 years in this business, yeah. this is the first time ever that I've ever had two bus stop stories in the same newscast. Ah, see, you finally got it. I see, got it. Bax and Nagel, we eventually deliver. Bus stop with day, she's there, I say. Please share my umbrella. Bus stop, bus go, she stays, love grows under my umbrella. All that summer we enjoyed it, wind and rain and shine. That umbrella we employed it, well, guess she was mine. All the people stared as if we were both quite insane Someday my name and hers are going to be the same Uh, See, that was well worth the wait, wasn't it? Totally Uh, Here's one What started as a joke has now become a holiday treat. A recent sarcastic Facebook event called the Walmart Self-Checkout Employee Christmas Party in uh, Lanoka Harbor uh, struck uh, quite a note recently after over 20,000 people responded to the event. Created on November 26th, the event was described as, quote, celebrating another successful year of picking, paying, and bagging your own groceries (laughs) while actual employees just stand around and check receipts. The reaction on uh, Facebook 
was explosive. Thousands of people responded, many with similar jokes and a few grinchy comments mixed in as well. Many comments joked about the idea of celebrating the practice of checking yourself out at the grocery store while employees repurposed as checkout monitors keep a close watch in the checkout queue. A swell of holiday cheer grew behind the idea of actually meeting up at Walmart in uh, Lenoka over the, I think this is New Jersey, uh, over the last few weeks. The organizer, Andrew Delgado, floated the idea of really meeting up, purchasing a mountain of toys and donating the gifts to charities outside of the store. Okay, well, at least you're going to use it for something good. Right. Uh, Delgado said he discussed the idea with Walmart and in a posted update said he plans to turn the event into a supply toy drive for the less fortunate these, this holiday season. Sign-up sheets quickly circulated in the comments on the event page. <laughs> to me, Walmart agreeing to do that is just going, yeah, we know we're screwing the pooch here, but go ahead and yeah. have your little event, and we'll take the credit for donating all the stuff to the uh, unflushed fortunate children. We realize the average Joe bagging their own groceries is now somewhat of an employee, but as long as it started off as a joke. Yeah. Oh. Started a joke. But started the whole world crying. Oh, man. Little Bee Gees on Rock 102. What is this, Yacht Rock Friday? That's it. Yeah. I started a joke. Which started the whole world crying. Oh, man. But I didn't see. Just like we were doing yesterday. Sounds of the 60s here on Wacky 102. No kidding. Yeah. Some good time oldies here at Rock 102. Coming up, we'll have a lost classic coming your way. Which will be free followed by Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 50. It is 27 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. You're feeling pretty good. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 7.51, and that is Rush on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny eventually today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 50. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks pool is underway at rock102.com. It's your call football. Weekly winners get a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hamden. Pizza the way you like it. And the overall season winner gets a $500 cash card courtesy of Nor'East Organic Life Hydroponics. How's that sound to you? That sounds good to me. Check the stats, go with your gut, and play Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool from Nor'East Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, oh, would you like a survey? Would I? Survey said. Uh, if you're spending uh, half of your income on a leased, uh, a, a leased Jaguar, here's some good news. It, probably, it, it does probably make other people think you're better than them. No, it makes other people think that you think you're better than them. Well, this is what the study, a new study, uh, looked at how we perceive people based on just the type of car that they drive. And it found a luxury automobile really can give you a leg up. Researchers found that when someone's uh, got an expensive ride, other people assume they're higher up in the social hierarchy. They've, uh, probably, they're probably an important person with an important job or at least a lot of money. Did you ever see the this? I I love those videos of the guy who he uh, trying to pick up chicks on the street. Yeah, and then he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, can I? Would you like to go out for a coffee or you know take a ride with me?" And the girl says no, and then he starts walking over to this rented Lamborghini that he drives, and all of a sudden the girl turns around and they all do it. Yeah, like, it's like the the gold digger. Uh, 
uh, mentality. On the other hand, if you're a guy who's got like a really good job, yeah. uh, you know, you're on your own business and you're all totally on the up and up. Yeah. And you try to pick up a, a, a nice lady friend. Yeah. And you're driving around in a 78 duster that's loaded with Bondo and uh, you know, like like uh, you know, four wheels that don't match. See, that's you, the got, ki- you got no chance. That's no ki- chance. That's the kind of gal you want. Somebody, uh, the gal that's interested in that is the gal you want. That's the one you want. You know, it doesn't care. That's sometimes you're absolutely <laughs> right, but you, you're you're all, but that guy is at a disadvantage, even yeah. if he winds up being the better guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're they're probably an important person with an important job, or at least have a lot of money. That's the perception. I, although I know people with BMWs who say they're broke all the time, so I don't even understand how that works. It's because they own a BMW. Is that what it is? They're putting all the money into that. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any money for other nice things. Yeah, never mind buying the BMW, yeah. just buying the parts for a BMW. Uh, it also makes you more attractive to potential mates for obvious reasons. Again, money. They found that's true whether you're a man or a woman. Quote, individuals with high status are perceived as competent, attractive, receive preferential treatment, and are more likely to be favored in job selection. Yeah. The study found driving a pricey car also makes you think you're more attractive and socially superior. So it's just all in your head. Yeah. So whether I mean, it's- I'm looking at you. Like, for example, today you drove your minivan to work. Yeah, I know. I you was know? just going to mention that. Total yeah. chick magnet. Listen, I call that thing the panty dropper. <laughs> Because if the minivan yeah. is rocking, uh, don't, don't come, come a knocking. knocking. That's yeah. right. I, you know, I, I've, I have long given up on caring. What? Listen, I need a vehicle, and you know what? I need an efficient vehicle to for my needs. Yeah, I'm a dad. I have two kids. Yeah, I guess I could get an SUV, but we take a lot of road trips, and a minivan is actually the best way to travel that way. I don't really care what you think about it. You don't. Like you don't think you pop pop the two kids in the back of the Lambo and uh, drive around the hot spots yeah, of, uh, no. of town. See, that's not. You no, know, that's not a. That's not a dad car. You know what I mean? Like it's just not. Uh, thing. I have a truck yeah. as well. Uh, but but I that looks like Fred Sanford's truck. No, it does not. That actually looks like a really. That's a nice truck. I don't think, uh, you know, I think you should be driving that thing around. It's in that little, little pansy mobile you got. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a nice luxury that's vehicle. That's not a truck. That's a truck. That's a, that's a guy who wants to pretend that he owns a pickup truck. Well, sure, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, what, what, was, what were those? Uh, those <laughs> Subaru used to make them. The Brats. Remember the Brats? <laughs> They were like the old yes. El Caminos, which, yeah. but it was like the the shorter version of it. Yeah, that that's like people who think like, or the guys with those half bed pickup trucks, you know the. Oh yeah, yeah, like the, the, the Hondas the, or whatever the, they are. The truck, the sport trucks. Yeah, that's not a truck. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not looking to go off road in this thing and damage the paint. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's not what I'm up to do. No, but I mean, if you're talking about guys who drive pickup trucks, that's not really like the manly pickup truck that you would buy. It's a nice truck. It's a guy like yourself buying a truck. Well, that's- sure. I mean, you're not going to find a tool inside of it. That's no. for sure. Yeah, listen, when the thing is in pristine condition for for eternity, <laughs> yeah, you can always tell a working man by the way his hands are hard, right? Yeah, right. Uh, it's the same thing with a guy. You can always tell a guy who's really uh, getting up off the couch, you know, how polished his pickup truck is. Well, I'm is. delicate. Are you? You're oh, I'm delicate very delicate. Flower? Oh, yeah. you bet. You know, I will say, uh, as uh, the efficiency of the minivan, right, 
and I've pointed this out before, the amount of respect you get from driving the two vehicles, the pickup truck versus the minivan. Yes. When you're in a minivan, you will absolutely, at some point during any given day, have a pickup truck ride your ass and be like, get out of the way! Get out of the way, granny! Yeah, come on, pansy, move it! Right? <laughs> and then when you like get to an intersection or whatever, like nobody lets you go. Like It's complete disrespect. However, if you're uh, driving around in a pickup truck, all of a sudden, you're a king. You know, you get to a yeah. four-way stop, all the other drivers are like, well, you go right ahead, sir. You have the pickup truck. I know the moment I sat in that yeah. truck for the very first time, I felt a very unusual flow of blood to yeah. certain areas of my body. Yeah, it does really kind of get the loins moving, yes. doesn't it? Like yeah. a, it's kind of like yeah. a like a metamorphosis, the way, like, uh, say, the caterpillar yeah. blooms into the beautiful butterfly. Yeah. And, what, what, you know, and here your your wife's getting all hot over the truck. Oh, God, yeah, Max, right. oh, my God, you were, you're ten times more attractive than you were <laughs> two Listen. days ago before this truck came home to the driveway. <laughs> In the words of uh, the great Billy D. Williams, yeah. uh, it works every time. And, and meanwhile, I'm driving around the minivan going, anybody want to go to a PTA meeting? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that means two things. We're going to a craft yeah. fair. Yeah, who wants to go to craft fairs, baby? Mm. It's 7.59, Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, there's both good news and bad news this morning, depending entirely upon who you are. If you're a Patriots fan, you should know the Patriots' five-game losing streak is over. If you're a fan of the Steelers, and for some reason there's more than a few of you out there, then you just become the first team in NFL history to be above 500 and still lose back-to-back games to teams who are at least eight games under 500. Who pays attention to stats like this? Well, this morning, it would be every Pittsburgh fan in America. The good news is, if you're a fan of the Patriots, that's hardly your problem. Last night, while most of you people without a prime membership were sleeping, the Patriots suddenly came alive and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-18. While such a win may have broken that horrifying losing streak and has the potential to ruin the Patriots' chances of snagging the number two pick in the draft, they did beat the over, which is great news. Unless you pick the under, in that case, there's not much to celebrate. But for those of us who chose to invest our money in an Amazon Prime membership rather than just gamble it away, then there's lots of reasons to be pleased with what just happened. Get a load of this. Last night, Bailey Zappi threw 19 completed passes for 240 yards and posted up three touchdowns in a single game. The Patriots haven't scored three touchdowns in a game all year long. In fact, they barely found the end zone three times during the entire month of November. Now look at him. Bailey Zappi tossing a pair of heat-seeking missiles to Hunter Henry and one to Ezekiel Elliott, playing with all the swagger of a bona fide starting quarterback. Plus, this sort of a sudden offensive explosion takes a little bit of the heat off Bill Belichick, who quite frankly just hadn't seemed like his normal jovial self in quite some time. Next week, of course, the Patriots will host Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. And while that could be the start of a brand new losing streak, I'm choosing to let my blinding optimism obscure my sense of reason and allow the Patriots to surprise me no matter what the outcome might be. But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm picturing a clear winter night, slicing up strips of steaks and searing onto my brand new Blackstone, a Blackstone 28-inch outdoor griddle. It's only $250 right now at Rocky's. You're saving $100. Bucks. Your grilling destination is at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813 and... 
Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 42. Cloudy tomorrow with a high of 50. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. And now, live from the Richard Grieco Studios in East Long Meadow, Massachusetts, it's Open Live! What was that audible sigh you did uh, before you played that? This is supposed to be a relaxing time. It is a relaxing time. I'm just worried that, uh, you know, in light of uh, certain stories that come out, you're going to have all the nutcases coming out of the woodwork today. All right. Well... Again, let's set up the uh, parameters here. No vile, filthy, offensive language. And if I hear anyone go into any kind of hate speech, I will I will bounce you like you've never been bounced. I'll do it. That's just how I am today. We'll bounce you like a bumble. Yes. Bumbles bounce. They do. All right, let's uh, hit the phones. They're already blowing up already. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Good morning, gentlemen. This is Buzz from Manchester, Connecticut. Got a kind of a technical question for you. Um, yes, Buzz. I've been listening for years, and lately, I'm getting a ticking sound when I listen to you guys. Not just you, Matt Kelly, uh, whatever I'm listening to. I don't know if something's going on in your station, but I'm, I'm driving, and it seems like my blinker is always on every time I listen to. If anybody has that same problem, you, I'd love to hear about it. You, it's weird. Are you listening on the actual radio, or are you listening through a yeah. streaming device? Listening on the actual radio, right on my, my truck radio. Oh, well, that's uh, an easy explanation. That's our doomsday clock. Or is it possible that your <laughs> is it possible that your clicker is actually on? No, no, I look every time. I'm, I'm, I do it a lot, but not this time. But it's weird. I just like to see if anybody else has that, that problem because it's not real annoying. It's, it's kind of subtle, but I uh, love listening to you guys. I don't hear it. Keep Marty coming. Keep Marty coming. All right. Well, All thank right. you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. We'll get on the bottom of that one. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? This is David, the plumber. Hey, David, what's up? Not much. I was wondering, how's your ball cock this morning? Uh, my ball cock's doing pretty good. I'm having a problem with my flapper. Flapper, oh, you better call a plumber. Yeah, yeah, I might have to do that. Will you see what I have to say about my wax ring? Uh, it's going to melt. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> for the call. Not under these kinds of conditions, they won't. Rock 102, good morning, is this? Hello? All right, all right, I'm moving on. Rock 102, good morning, is this? Good morning, Bax. This is Bill from uh, Springfield. How are you today, guys? I'm Good. terrific, Bill. What's going on? Good. Hey, I just wanted to give you guys a shout-out uh, for the uh, Thanksgiving uh, marathon. You guys did a great job Thank you. of it, and uh, we, do appreciate, we do appreciate what you and Steve do. And... Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for what you guys do and uh, keep yeah. up the good work. And Steve, tell that gentleman that who does the uh, Kardashian. Yeah, he is a funny, funny guy. He is a funny, funny guy, isn't he? <laughs> All, All right, right. Well, sure we'll let him know. What was that, sir? No. What'd you say, Are sir? Are you sure it's not you that's writing those uh, Kardashians? Well, I know. I've, I've, lately, I've been saying this is an original or this is written by somebody else because they're gems. This, yeah. guy, this one guy's been writing these gems, and other people are trying to do it, too, which I'm uh, pretty happy about. So if you have something disgusting that you would like Kim Kardashian to say, please email me at steveatrock102.com. <laughs> All right, Steve. All right. Go All right. Thank you. Green Bay Packers. There you, you go. Thank have... you, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, Rock 102, good morning. Is this? 
Hey, good morning, guys. This is Tom Sadowski from Southwick. Hey, Hello, Tom Sadowski. It's uh, Bax and Nagel in East Longmeadow. All right, I got a question for you, gentlemen. Six inches. A red bird has red babies, and a blue bird has blue babies. What does a swallow have? I don't know. What does no a swallow uh, no babies. Oh, okay. I see. Because uh, it's a swallow. Yeah, there you go. I see. Uh, All right. Very good. Okay. Very good. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? You talking to me? Hey! hey! Now we're talking business. What's going on? Hey, it's George from Agawam. Uh, I'm going to just uh, keep beating this dead horse until I get an answer. The uh, inside joke about, oh, I got a bullet that looks pregnant. <laughs> is, that, uh, is it Dan Williams? No, no, definitely not, not Dan, Dan Williams, Williams. Please, we were uh, okay, we respect so Dan I, Williams. If I uh, guess it correctly, will you acknowledge that? Maybe in some weird way, in a roundabout fashion. Is it Pat Kelly? No, no, it's not, it's Pat, not Kelly. Pat Kelly. No, well, I'm uh, I'm out of uh, you're stumped. Out of guesses, then. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Well, you've got nine months to make up your mind. You know, i got a buddy. i got a buddy, too. All right. Thank All you right, very thanks. much. Keep thinking. Right, thanks. You'll All figure right. it out eventually. Bye. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Yes. Mike Jones. Ah, yeah. How you doing? Okay. We're not, you know, we're not talking to you because you, last week. I just, you, I just hung up on him. Yeah, I, I just know. Did it. But I, I would have liked to have had, like, a little extensive conversation with the man just to find out who he is. He can't go 10 seconds without uh, dropping know. an F-bomb. I, I can't know. have that. Rock right. 102. Good morning. Is this? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, hey, I thought that was pretty cool earlier this week. You had um, um, Zach Ward from the Christmas Story. Yeah. yeah. Talk to you guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, Steve, bro, I think you should give that movie a chance. I know you, um, last year you said that you started watching it and you just le- left it hanging, but that was a pretty good, uh, it is a pretty good movie. Uh, I'm not give, it, say- give it another shot. I'm not saying it's a horrible movie. I'm just saying it's overplayed. Like, I think it's, what is it, TBS or yeah, one they, of those things. They played around the clock. hours a day. It's like, ah, ooh, fa with the Christmas Please, story. Please, it's, yeah. cl- it's a comedy Christmas yeah. classic. I'm sure it is, but Elf is pretty good, too. Yeah, they play that one a lot, too. Yeah. All right, so let's just wanted to let you know. All, All right, right, well, thanks. thank you. Okay, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Joey. Hey, just wanted to ask Steve, is it uh, wrong to be into pregnant chicks? I'm just asking for a friend. I don't think it's wrong at all, because <laughs> I've got a buddy. <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. These poor pregnant women throughout I Western know. Mass are like, oh, man. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning, boys. It's Vince the Plumber. Ah, uh, Vince, how are hey, you doing? Plumber. Dude, how, how, how's your drain cock going? Uh, good. I think we're. Ta- I hope we're talking about the same thing. And yeah. there's a plumbing conversation yeah, after all. Yes, yes. Plumbing conversation, drain cock on the bottom of a water heater, right, or a boiler. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. You plumbers <laughs> sure keep yourself occupied. Is that the? Uh, oh yeah. What is it? Called? What's it called? The what? The ball cock? The, the, ball, cock? the ball cock? Yeah, that's, a, ball that's cock in a toilet. In the, well, the ball cock is in the toilet. Fills yep. up the toilet, yeah. Does yeah. that go to that plumbing supply store all the way in Yarmouth? You get the ball cock uh, from the Yarmouth store? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 camel, yeah the Camelot plumbing supply yeah, okay. uh, house. Yeah, that's all right. right. Anyway. Yeah, uh, and then we go over to Holden Mass where they're uh, holding the yeah, ball cock. Yes, yes, yeah, I have an uncle, yes. uh, Richard Hertz, who lived there. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what uh, shout-outs do you have for us today, Vince? 
Well, let's see. Let's see. We got uh, Derek. We got Keith. We got Jason. We got Mike. Uh, everybody over at uh, Plimpton and Hills in Springfield. <laughs> we got Joe over. Or I'm, I'm sorry, not Joe. Jose. Jose oh, over oh, at Granite Group. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, Mike over at uh, Prescott. Prescott. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Sean. We got uh, Scott over at FW Web. Um, Man, dude, we got we got everybody. Oh, JW and Bobby over at uh, Springfield Plumbing. Okay. Yeah, that's, right, that, uh, you cover that's it. about it for. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, Matt over at uh, Bay State Plumbing. Yeah, okay. Matt over at All Bay right. State. Oh, and uh, oh, oh, oh uh, Troy Boy and his brother. Yep, yep. Okay. What about well, that but- knighted plumber, Sir Cole Jerkin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> Who's the head of the Ballcock Plumbing Store uh, out in Yarmouth? Oh, look at the time! You know, we almost we, there's other calls to get. Uh, Vince, have yourself a great All right, weekend. You guys have great holidays. All See right, you All too. Right. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, what's up? I just have. I have a simple question. Whatever happened to the dugga dugga? The what? The dugga dugga? Yeah, the thing at the top of the hour. Keeper Sunderland tells you what time it is. Yeah, no, we still play that we every hour. Do that every day. No, but the dugga dugga is gone at the end, and I'm really missing it. The oh, it was it like a sound that played in it? Yeah, yeah, it's the end of that clip. Well, you guys cut it off. Yeah, we wanted you- we wanted to update our material. Yeah, we, we at some point <laughs> we bring back the dugga dugga. Well, if you squeeze out one of those crappy songs, you'd have room for it. Oh, oh those are fight, fighting, fighting words. words there, pal. I yeah. feel like the gloves have got to be dropped off. What do you got against Eddie Money or Tom Petty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love Tom Petty, but yeah. the rest of them. Look. All right, all right. Thanks for the, thanks for the call. Let's take uh, one more here. Uh, Rock one hundred two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Big Bird. This is Big Bird. All right, Big Bird. What's up? How long are they going to keep on rocking my show on Sesame Street from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock? How long is that going to keep going on for? What? It's a very good point. I wish I could understand any of it, but thank you very much yeah. for the call. Yeah, we yeah, have, let's right. take well, one more call. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, uh, yeah, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hey, morning, guys. This is Shaq. Hey, Jack, what's up? It's Shaq. Shaq. Oh, Shaq, Jack. what's up? I thought, was, I thought you said Jack. What's up, Shaq? Morning. Uh, hey, listen, uh, I want to get a couple shout-outs. Okay. Okay. I want to I give a shout-out to Regan Total Construction, the All best right. deck builders in New England. All right. And my buddy Alex Straker over at CTS and G. All right. Did you I ever have one your... joke for you guys. Okay, go ahead. It's probably the oldest joke ever, but because it's so old, it's like new again. All right. Yeah. What was the dirtiest thing ever said on TV? Oh, my God. What, are, are you going to be able to say this on the radio, or am I going to have to blast you off this yeah, thing? No, I can't. it's good. It's All good. right. What? Ward, don't you think you're being a little hard on the beaver? Yeah. Yeah, that's an old one, all right. Okay, thank you yeah. very much for the call. Well, there's a good way to end uh, Open Line Friday. Eddie Haskell on the phone. Ah. <sighs> You know what? I, th- I think that was fairly successful. We didn't have to push that button once. Not the entire one. You're segment. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a successful open line. That's button. the bellwether right there. There you go. Did I have to press the button? The answer is no. Success. There you go. Day 24 on Rock 102. Have you sh- it's 829 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, uh, Def Leppard and Journey announced a co-headlining stadium tour for the summer. 
just in time for to gift tickets for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Uh, they'll be supported by Heart, Cheap Trick, and the Steve Miller Band, but not all at once. So, like, different shows will have different acts to them. They'll take turns as the opening act on select dates. Tickets go on sale a week from today on the 15th, but there's a fan pre-sale on the 12th. So, no kidding. there you go. Uh, and they're coming uh, locally? Uh, I believe... Is that one of the dates? Yeah, I believe uh, Hartford, I thought, was one of the... Uh, That's cool. ...was one of the dates there. But I uh, I saw Def Leppard back uh, at the Big E. Remember when they came to the Big E? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was probably the craziest crowd I have ever been involved in as far as, like, amounts of people coming out to a show. There was... That was before they built that big, like, over-covered stage there yeah. in the center there of the Big E. It was a free concert. Well, free with the admission right. uh, to the Big E. But I remember it, like, standing room only. Like, you couldn't move around the Big E Lisa, that night. That was, like, what year was that, 99, Probably. That was a long time ago. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's a – listen, people love that band. Yeah. They love Def Leppard. Why not? Why wouldn't you like them? It's like one of those bands you kind of you, you kind of wish the best for because yeah. they've had like uh, you know they've had guys die they've had guys lose limbs and yet they keep coming at you. I uh, like they keep uh, they keep bringing it on. Do they keep bringing it on? Oh man, they they hit it hard. Are they you really getting do. it or I'm a getting it? I'm really getting it. Are you really? You know what has nine arms and sucks? I don't know, Steve. What has nine arms and sucks? Def Leppard. <laughs> I don't think that's very appropriate. Hey, what are you talking about? That's Cause insensitive. Because he, he's got the uh, he's got the arm, you know. He's got the, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's eight thirty one. News is next. The Rock One Eight thirty four. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. In the top story this morning, uh, African-American leaders in Springfield were criticized in an editorial from a local monthly paper for not supporting fellow African-American candidate Justin Hurst in the mayoral election. This paper does not speak for the entire black community, said Archbishop Timothy Paul, president of the Council of Churches of Greater Springfield. Archbishop Paul led a news conference in Springfield yesterday in response to Frederick Hurst, father of former Springfield mayoral candidate Justin Hurst and owner of the local monthly newspaper African American Point of View, who called out leaders in the black community in Springfield for their, quote, unnecessary sin of abandoning their own during the mayoral election last month. In an editorial published in the latest edition of the free paper, Hurst says, quote, a few confused people betrayed their own by not endorsing his son as he ran against incumbent Dominic Sarno. Those black leaders who were called out by name in the article gathered in Springfield to defend themselves, many of them clergy members. I'm just here in support of the church because you can write about me, talk about me all you want, but don't talk about these men of God. That's according to City Springfield City Councilor Mallow Brown. Her, uh, Hearst says that State Representative Bud Williams, uh, Stone Soul Festival co-founder Jay Griffin, Springfield Police Commissioner C. Jackson and other members of the Council of Churches of Greater Springfield need to be exposed because they have, quote, long ago been compromised by money and the mere illusion of personal and political power and obsessive love of white people. Um, one of the things we talked about before, if you haven't heard it, uh, you can you can look this up. Um, Talbot Swan uh who runs the NAACP here yeah. uh locally and you know Bishop Swan has been a a, a long time advocate for 
for uh, you know for civil rights. Uh, you released a statement yesterday. He uh, spoke on his radio show uh, eloquently defending uh, not uh, this article from uh, Mr. Hearst, but defending the reputations of people who were named in this uh, in this uh, editorial. And, yeah. and, and frankly, I, I, I completely agree with Talbert Swan uh, 100% because you know, whether or not uh, you support a candidate or not, that's your business. And no one should be forced into endorsing somebody simply based upon the color of their skin. Talbert Swan has never endorsed any mayoral candidate, continues to, and that's his right. He has the right to do that. You have the right to vote for whoever you want, Mm -hmm. to be bullied and to be disparaged as a result of not publicly endorsing Justin Hurst, quite frankly, is uh, it's ridiculous. And uh, this is... I mean, this is a very, very divisive opinion piece by by Rick Hurst, and uh, you know, for all the, the the members of 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 the Springfield community that were identified in that article, I mean, I I I am sorry that that happened because it it seems to me, you know, Springfield doesn't need more division, even within its own you know separate communities. You know, we need to be pulling together, not being you know wedged apart. And that's exactly what he has done. It's, uh, it's exactly what he's done. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other things to make fun of Bud Williams about. Yeah, but it has, but that's not <laughs> that has nothing that's not to do, do with, with race, race or, or or elections. It has to do with the fact that he can't distinct between Christmas and Hanukkah. <laughs> and, and you know, in, in the season of light, uh, that's an important uh, distinction. You know what? Uh, as long as I'm here, I will never let them forget that Bud Williams once said at a menorah lighting, "Jesus is the reason for the season." Yeah, you, you really need to know yeah. your audience uh, when that happens. Ah, but but nevertheless, audience, who cares about audiences? Uh, nevertheless, we're just making stuff up off the top of our heads. But this whole thing thing uh you know has nothing to do with the the video of the guy handing out ten dollars for fish sandwiches uh for votes it had nothing to do with that at all it had everything to do with the fact that you know there were people in this article whose character was impugned simply because they did not publicly uh, endorse a candidate and i just think that's uh, that's a shameful way of of looking at the world you know when you lose a political campaign that's always the risk you run. When you're running a campaign against an incumbent, you have to expect it's not going to be a simple task, no matter who that candidate may be. And that's one of the reasons why Dom Sarno has been in that office for as long as he has. He's an incumbent in Massachusetts. You need the jaws of life to extract an incumbent out of uh, those offices most of the time. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're going to, this is going to kind of, this really has put uh, a damper on things. You know this oh, this editorial. It, I mean, it, in a big way. But at least what he has done is make people come together against him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you've right. But it's but it's also as, as dividing as you are. You've yeah. unified the people who are saying, "Listen, this is not how we feel. Please don't associate us with this opinion." Yeah, and 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 ultimately, it's not good for Justin Hurst either if he looks to run again because yeah. this this. This is going to come back. I mean, you you lose with grace and dignity. That's yeah. that's the way it should be for any candidate who doesn't win. And I was wrong when I uh, was trying to remember statistics of what the election was because I said, well, it was pretty close, you know, but it really wasn't. It was fifty eight percent to forty two percent. 
uh, that's about three thousand vote margin. Yeah, right there. So that's well, got, actually a little bit more than what you know, uh, calling it a close race. Yeah. But what Talbert pointed out in his uh, in his response was, you know, it you can say it was like you know three thousand, four thousand votes that that separated the two, but when you got nineteen percent of people coming out to vote, that's not really saying very much. No, you know, would this have changed had more people come out? Maybe would this have changed if there had been endorsements? I suppose the numbers might have been a little bit closer, but not by a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. And, and and this is the response from from Rick Hurst. I mean, come on, dude, that's you're, you're way out of line. Well, he suggested that the uh, the town was being run by the Irish Italian mafia, which uh, like what? Wait, 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 where's that coming out from? Where, where is that coming from? Because you know what? That would be a definitely a racist thing to say. Or uh, what, would we, what would you call that? It wouldn't be it's, a a, it's a reverse Eth- racist. Uh, ethnocentric. Would it be ethnocentric? Right. It would right. be. There you yeah. go. See, some big words I know. Now, if you were to have to say the word erudite in a commercial, for example, that might yeah. be a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. No, they're they're not mafia guys. They're just the dang guys who talk like this. Oh boy, yeah, boo, fine. You see the ten dollars in the fish sandwich going on outside the city hall. Oi, you know. that doesn't mean you're involved in anything that's particularly well no, organized. It just means you have a cartoonish Italian voice, like from the guy from the Flintstones. <laughs> hey, who the one has ten dollars in the fish sandwich for the vote? Hey. Anywho. All um, right, Clancy, we got the place surrounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're part of the mafia too. You know, that's the you know, that's that's what you're, yeah, you're, you're I mean, saying as a blanket statement. Well, let's we'll see how well that works out for you. <laughs> a uh, six cents for four towns, a state house book talk Wednesday offered an interesting tale of the four towns that state government took and flooded to create the Quabbin Reservoir. That must have been a very boring meeting. It's an interesting um, topic, but I don't know if I'd want to do a book talk at the Actually, State it's probably the, the the book is probably really interesting. I mean, how do you I well, mean, think about this? I mean, they had to convince four towns, "Hey, would you mind yeah. moving out so we can flood it?" Well, that's the the documentary you can find on YouTube. You don't even have to go read the book. The GBY W WGBY did a documentary on that years ago, talking about how they flooded out the towns and everything. A uh, a bill uh, filed by Representative Aaron Saunders and Senator Joe Comerford, uh, seeks to add what Saunders called a dose of equity for communities around the Quabbin. Much of the watershed is owned by the MWRA and preserved to protect the water source, leaving area towns without economic development opportunities to grow a commercial tax base. Saunders said municipalities need funds for essential services like fire and police departments in towns like New Salem, Wendell, and Ware. Saunders of Belchertown said the proposal would add a minuscule excise charge for ratepayers who get Quabbin water piped in, with the money going back to support basic operations in Quabbin area municipalities. The way it's arranged or proposed to be arranged is five cents per 1,000 gallon excise on water that's drawn from the Quabbin. Now, what that means in real life is that if you're the average Boston water and sewer ratepayer, you would approximately see six cents per month increase on your monthly water and sewer bill. It's a tremendous small price to pay for a measure of equity of this magnitude, Saunders told the news service. The venue Wednesday was a talk by Ware author Elena Palladino, who was a quest to learn about her historical home built nearly a century ago with salvaged remnants of a house from soon-to-be-flooded Enfield, led to a 160-page chronicle of the prominent 
infielders who resisted the reservoir's arrival. I bet you there was a lot of pushback for that. Oh my God! I would have. I would. I, I mean, I, it, it, if I were living in one of those towns. I'd be uh, going on the radio and screaming my head off. But they did it, and they pushed it through, and they took it all by eminent domain. I'm sorry, I'm doing the Nicaresco version of that. See, and, I, and, I, and I'm doing the uh, the Tide stick. Uh, Anyhow. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, they want to increase the uh, the water for the folks out in Boston. I'm sure people of Boston would not mind paying six more cents of tax on top of the $5,000 they already paid. No, absolutely not. It's, listen, it's just money. There's always another paycheck down the road, right? That's right. That's yeah, we'll right. get to the next one. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 50. It's 30 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah. Oh, yeah. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 853 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Eventually sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow cloudy with a high of 50. It's 30 right now in downtown Springfield. So get a load of this, right? Uh, it's a shop Friday yeah. this morning at 9 o'clock, which is uh, less than seven minutes from now. Uh, you go to rock102.com and you can save up to 30% to Jackalope on Worthington Street in Springfield. Yeah. Joy Fine Dining in downtown uh, 9 o'clock on the shop, 30 store at rock102.com. Jackalope is awesome. And to think you could go there with a 30% off uh, coupon in your hands, shut the front door. That's a great deal. That, Don't miss out. Go to rock102.com. I, I really like that place. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, the sticky ribs and oh, the, uh, so good. the pizza. Well, they serve the pizza up at the Highbrow restaurant up in Northampton. That's yeah. Part of that group as well. They got this like uh, short rib pizza. Oh my God! Yeah, it's like and, it's Andrew, freaking good, man. It's like it's like you can't beat this. This is uh, well, you know, I'm sure you maybe you could beat it somewhere outside of the area, yeah, maybe, but not uh, not very likely. Now Andrew yeah. does a good job over there, and uh, yeah, thirty percent off just by going to the uh, shop thirty store at rock one hundred two dot com. So good luck. Um, you ever had an MRI? Yeah. Have you ever had them to tell you to take out all the metal off of yourself because it doesn't go well with the MRI machine? Uh, well, y- y- yes. Uh, a report has been filed online claiming that an unnamed 57-year-old woman accidentally shot herself in the right buttock while entering an MRI machine. If you haven't had an MRI, there's one major rule. You can't have anything metal on you, including clothing. The intensity of the magnets means that you shouldn't even wear certain athletic clothing, which contains metallic fibers. So clearly, a loaded gun would be off-limits. You would think. According to the report, the woman was screened prior to the exam and explicitly said no when she was asked if she was carrying any firearms. I have never been asked if I'm carrying a firearm at an MRI or any other medical procedure. Right. What te- what state was this? Uh, I don't even know where this was from. Where did I say it? Uh, it doesn't even say where it is. It's just a, f- a complaint file. Yeah. A- anytime I've had an MRI, I had to take off all of my uh, yeah. all of my belongings and clothing in like a in almost like a locker room. Yeah. And then you go in after wearing the hospital, Johnny, and then they uh, then they scan you. Fortunately, her wounds was described as a very small and superficial, but she was lucky. Earlier this year, a man in Brazil entered a room with an MRI machine while helping his mother, and he died of a gunshot. Uh, to the stomach triggered by the machine. The staff said uh, there he also denied having a concealed weapon beforehand. 
What do you do? I, I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know this. I don't mean to sound ignorant about it, but like, what if you do if you're all uh, pierced up and stuff? That's what I was going to ask about that. You know, if you get like uh, one of them Prince Alberts, you know, on the end of your deal or your nipples are pierced, you got to take all that stuff out? I don't know. You, you see those chicks walking around all the time with the, which is hot, by the way, with the rings in the mouth and the nose and all that stuff. You like that? It's uh, You like that, it's, huh? Uh, it's a little uh, nagel kink, if you will. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you know, I got a buddy. I got a buddy <laughs> who's into piercings. All right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, how do you do? How do you get rid of all? You have to, the hours it must take to unravel all that thing. All well, that and you know, depending on when you got them, you can't just take them out. Yeah. Did I tell you, like years ago, we had a kid that was working here, kind of like an intern, uh, and we used to uh, we used to play volleyball. The old New England Health and Racket. Oh wow! Now uh, now Health Tracks. Yeah. And they had like these, uh, you know, these. Uh, you know these uh, racquetball courts, and you would play like a like a version of volleyball mm-hmm. in the court. You can, like bounce the ball off the wall and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Well, one of the kids uh, working with—I'm not going to name his name, but he knows who he is—was uh, playing, and he was sweating like more than the average person was sweating. And I'm like, "Dude, what's wrong?" He says, "He said you're not going to believe this." I said, "I said what?" He lifts up his shirt. Yeah, he had just had both nipples pierced on a <sighs> dare. Okay. <laughs> And his nipples were like bright red maraschino cherries oh right out of the jar. God. So like they, they were like, I don't know if they were infected, but it was not good. And he was in such great discomfort. He was just like flop sweating. That just sounds disgusting. Yeah. Well, here's the fun part. Yeah. See, uh, we were playing with a bunch of guys that just simply didn't care right. about other people. <laughs> so uh, as we we're playing, we're like, you know, purposely, you know, you know, elbowing him in the chest and, you know, bumping him all over the place. And every time we, uh, you know, we bumped into the kid, he was in excruciating pain. Yeah. And all we could do was just laugh. Did you give him purple nurples every time you saw him? No, nah, I, I thought about giving the uh, the old uh, the T twister, but I just uh, I didn't have it in me. But oh my god, these you should have seen him. It was like uh, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer on both sides of his chest. But I'm not good enough for anybody. <laughs> she thinks I'm cute. Misfits. I'm, we're all misfits. I don't want to go on Santa's sleigh anyway. <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah. But I would think that uh, after just getting those pierced on a dare, those would have to come out in an MRI. Yeah. Otherwise, he's ripping those nipples off. Did it make that squeaky noise like Rudolph's nose, too? <laughs> uh, no, no not, uh, not quite. It's uh, 859. No nipple holder like that will be riding my sleigh one day. <laughs> You're not going to play in any of our Wally Ball games. Yeah, we're not going to play in any of our nipple twister games. <laughs> it's 9 o'clock on Rock 102. Rock 102 and feel good shop local.com.